Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the Visitor's Edition of the Michigan Man. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us today will be the longtime beat writer of Bearcat football, Tom Gresham from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Before we get to Tom, let's get it rolling with my view from Section 17. I enjoyed sitting back last week in the Lazy Boy and watching our big win over Florida, but this week I will be back in my seat in Section 17, ready for another home season to get underway. Seems we wait so long for the season to start, and oftentimes it goes by so quickly. I plan on taking it all in on Saturday and enjoying every minute of what Bob Eufer used to call the greatest human spectacle on earth, watching Michigan play in the big house. Now that might be a little over the top, but to borrow another euphorism, Michigan football is a religion and Saturday is a holy day of obligation. So let's enjoy. When Nick Baumgartner and I chatted earlier this week, we agreed that there isn't a gimme game on Michigan's schedule. We will be tested most Saturdays, And some of you might say Saturday's game, though, is a gimme. On paper, this Bearcat team is one we should bury. We should, and I hope we do. But the lesson of not being prepared is still fresh in my memory. 2007, Appalachian State. For those of us that played any sport growing up, but especially football, our coaches, if they were worth their salt, taught us to respect our opponent and take it to them like it was a championship game. Easier said than done, we all know that. Now, I don't expect anything like Appalachian State to ever happen again, and I mean never, in the big house. Luke Fickle is bringing a young team into the opener. They barely got by an FCS opponent in Austin P last week at home. They have issues. It will be easier for them to focus this week, I would expect, with their first trip to the big house. If Michigan plays like we did last week, we should get to see a lot of kids get their first action of the season as we sit back on a beautiful weather day and enjoy a game that should not be close. It is also an opportunity for Wilton Spate to get himself straightened out, let our offensive line continue to gel, and see if our defense flies around the field with the same speed and intensity it did last week. After the Cincinnati game, the road gets tougher. Each week we'll bring an opponent that brings something to each game that can challenge us. The triple option of Air Force will be quite the challenge next week. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. First, let's take care of business this Saturday in the home opener. Michigan fans hearing my guest this week might ask, 
Does he think Cincinnati can compete with anyone on their schedule? Now, a local hero is the head coach, and he has inherited a massive rebuilding job. Luke Fickle is making his 20th appearance in the big house. He was a four-year starter at nose guard for Ohio State, defensive coordinator, interim head coach, and then defensive coordinator again before leaving to take the head coaching job at Cincinnati this year. He is a classy guy and a good coach, but he has a big job in front of him. Coming up next year on our visitor segment is beat writer Tom Gresham from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brook. With us in our visitors segment this week as we get ready for the home opener with the Cincinnati Bearcats is beat writer Tom Gresham from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's the first ever meeting between these two programs. The Luke Fickle era is underway at Cincinnati. Heck of a solid guy. I think everyone agrees with that. Outstanding coach. But he's got a little bit of a rebuilding job on his hands, doesn't he, Tom? He does. Uh, entirely new staff also, coaching staff. Uh, well, new new to UC anyway, obviously. But um, So there's an adjustment period with that uh, first game, first few weeks, obviously. The players have bought in, obviously, most of them are Tommy Tumber- Tuberville recruits, of course. But uh, Sickle has put them through the ringer put them through early on and weeded out a couple that maybe weren't going to buy in. But uh, the players all seem to really like him. Of course, the fans like him. Tuberville lost the fans last year. So uh, everybody's, uh, it's it's all upbeat around here right now, even though they had a kind of a shaky opener. Well, you mentioned the staff that Luke has uh, put together around him. Uh, Some pretty darn good coaches. He has former Buckeye Marcus Freeman. He's the D coordinator. John Tenuta, great coach uh, on staff as as a secondary coach. Several other coaches who either played at Ohio State or are Ohio natives. That is really another positive for for building the program, Tom. Yeah, he also has uh, uh, Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator, was an associate head coach, I believe it was, at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly. Joker Phillips, the former Kentucky head coach, is uh, the wide receivers coach. So he has a lot of connections in this area, Kentucky, Ohio, whatnot. And the, the running backs coach is a name I think some people recognize, Gino Gadouli, former great quarterback at Cincinnati in the early 2000s, uh, holds a lot of the school passing records. So, yeah, there's some names on there. That's for sure. Well, Luke is very highly regarded in the coaching fraternity. He's a young guy, lots of energy, and most importantly, great connections there in state and Ohio, being, of course, former Buckeye player and coach. Cincinnati, I'm certain, is banking on him turning those connections into recruiting success in state. That had to be a major factor in hiring a guy like Luke Fickle. It definitely was. The previous staff didn't really recruit especially the Cincinnati area uh, very hard it was a little surprising in retrospect I mean they did but they didn't really overdo it uh, to the extent that the fans would have liked it's a it's a very provincial area here Cincinnati and they like their local guys now 
obviously you have to get the right local guys and they rarely have ever gotten the five star types because just because, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, Notre Dame will get those guys. But they have picked up a couple of uh, top Cincinnati recruits already, a couple of four star type guys uh, from locally here for next year. Uh, Malik Van Fairfield defensive end and LaSalle high school tight end Josh Wiley. Uh, those are two prominent names they've already picked up. So they've already made some inroads quickly uh, in Ohio, as you mentioned. Well, I know you mentioned Cincinnati fans, sports fans are provincial uh, down there. Ohio State casts such a large shadow and for good reason. Does the fact that Cincinnati is so close to Columbus, recruits in-state against them, and competes for media attention make it seem sort of like a losing battle at times when it comes to trying to build and sustain a successful program there? It really does. I mean, they obviously, Ohio State, if they want somebody, they're usually going to get them for obvious reasons. Cincinnati for years has been kind of a, I hate to say, second-tier program, but I guess that's what you might say. Uh, it's just not a major, major program. Now, when Brian Kelly was here six, seven years ago, you recall they zoomed into the top of the elite in the rankings. And the one year, 09, they were 12 and 0. They were number three in the then BCS. And they were like a play away from playing the national title, for crying out loud. Um, and then Kelly left for Notre Dame right after the season ended. And they went to uh, play Florida in the. Uh, Sugar Bowl and just got destroyed with a temporary coach in charge. That was Tim Tebow and the gang. So that was kind of the high water mark that season. Since then, they I think they finished in the top 25 once, maybe under Butch Jones when he was here for three years. And in Tuberville, they never got back into the 25. So they're kind of back to where they were 10, 15 years ago in, in that regard. So yeah, they, they are they are probably forever going to be fighting that uphill battle that you mentioned against Ohio State. That'll that'll never change. It just it just won't. That's just the way it is. Well, Cincinnati has been I hate to say this sort of an intermediary stop for some pretty darn good coaches through the years. You just mentioned uh, Butch Jones. There was Brian Kelly. There have been others. Mark D'Antonio, oh, right? right. Yeah, Mark, how could we forget that up here? Uh, but, yeah, exactly. Well, do you think the hope is that when you hire a guy like Luke Fickle, an in-state guy, because none of those guys, well. D'Antonio was originally from Ohio, that maybe he'll look at building a program and stay there? Or is that wishful thinking and he will maybe build the program up and move on to a bigger job at some point? That's a very good question because he's 44 years old, um, so he's still fairly young in that regard in terms of moving on elsewhere. That hasn't really come up here with him like it did with especially Kelly and Jones. Everybody seemed to know that that they were going to jump somewhere else. But I, I really don't know what Fickle's, uh, if he's uh, going to be a guy who's here three years or, or 10 years. That remains to be seen. I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer can coach at Ohio State for as long as he wants. Uh, so I don't think that's a, that's certainly not a near-term possibility. So, I mean, right now, it seems like he's here to stay, I would say, for, for some time. We'll see. It depends. Like you say, they have some rebuilding to do. They were four and eight last year and that wasn't by accident um they lost their final five games and just looked terrible in most of them so it's not going to be an overnight thing and again they just beat austin p 26 14 fcs team with 28 consecutive losses and aren't you supposed to run that team out of the building 
uh, it's just that team is better. Austin T. They they have recruited well apparently, but you know, 26-14, and it went it really went down to the final quarter too. So I think I think Cincinnati will play better this week. Now they've got some game film in the can, and but they, I just don't think obviously they don't have the talent level of, of Michigan. And when you watch Michigan hold Florida to three points, essentially all the defense did, of course. Cincinnati averaged 3.3 yards per rush against Austin P. You add that all up, and I see Michigan's a 33-point favorite, so I, that's not a big surprise. Well, as you mentioned, Cincinnati opened the season last Thursday with that victory over Austin P. Uh, 26-14. You know, Coach Fickle said after the game, though, and he's right, winning is never easy, and that one certainly was not. I got to see it on tape. The Bearcats just didn't put them away until late. I think it was under the five-minute mark. But it was a W and for a first-year coach and a new team. That's very important. It is. I don't think there was ever any way they were going to lose that game. It's easy to say now. But, I mean, it was 7-7 seven to seven at one point in the second quarter, and they were looking ragged on both sides of the ball, overthrowing passes and not getting any push up front, trying to run the ball. Defensively, they gave up 224 yards rushing, which is a ton in any game. And But to Austin P, I I mean, you know, should that be happening? Now, on the plus side, they had a couple of goal line stands where they intercepted a pass, and also on a fourth and inches, I think it was at the three-yard line, they they stuffed that for like a three-yard loss. So they, they got themselves together when they had to. Credit to them for that. We'll see how that carries over this week. Well, as you mentioned, Tom, the D gave up over just over 300 yards of offense to Austin P on Thursday. I think the alarming statistic, at least for a first game, was they allowed Austin P to hold the ball for almost 38 minutes. But you have a lot of young guys, other than some returners on the defensive line on that unit. That is true. They uh, they have a pretty decent set of linebackers, actually, but they're very untested in terms of game experience. They have a pretty veteran secondary. It's a good group of guys, uh, but there aren't any All-American candidates, to be quite frank, back there. Well, on either side of the ball. It, it just, again, it is what it is. It's Cincinnati, and Fickle is picking up the recruiting, so it's, it's definitely going to take some time. I think some of us think if they can win six or seven, get to a bowl game, that would be a successful season, all things considered. But I've seen them predicted anywhere from four and eight to seven and five. You know, so the first game can be misleading, as you know, but obviously this week they'll kind of sort of see where they are. And that will be misleading, too, because Michigan's a major power. So if they can keep it within... I don't know, three touchdowns. I think that would be almost, uh, I think most UC fans would take that. But of course, there's always uh, Appalachian State 2007 looming in the background, right? That seems unlikely, but I know that that won't go away up there in Michigan for some time, right? No, it will not go away. And uh, a good lesson to uh, last through the years about not taking any opponent lightly. Forget the the point spreads and who they played last week. You better come to play because... uh, a Luke Fickle coach team isn't coming up I-75 to US-23 for a bus ride. They're coming to play football. No, and of course, Fickle has experience in beating Michigan, as we all know, as an Ohio State assistant for many years. And what that's worth, I don't know, it's probably worth a little something. You know, he knows what they do. He's seen them for years. So that'll give them uh, some kind of slight, I don't want to say advantage, but at least they're not coming in totally blind uh, in a game like that. 
Well, for Michigan fans uh, watching the Cincinnati team, Tom, if we could just go over some of the key players on offense. And I know, again, we mentioned the team was 4-8 and eight last year, missed a bowl game for the first time since 2010. Very young team, but some nice pieces on offense. Mike Boone picked up 100 yards uh, last week on 19 carries. He was injured last year, so he's back. Uh, Hayden Moore, the junior quarterback, was 17-28. A couple of solid receivers in Devin Gray and Khalil Lewis, so there are some pieces to work with on that offense, aren't there? There are. Boone is a guy who is a speed back. He uh, needs to get blocking, though, or he's not going anywhere. We saw that even last week against Austin P. When he gets to the second level, watch out. You know, you can't let him get out there, but he does need blockers to spring him. Uh, Hayden Moore has been here. He's he's a fourth-year junior now. He's had multiple starts for two years because – a couple years ago when Gunnar Keel was here, he was the primary quarterback, but he, he had some injuries and more stepped in. And I think you know, I don't know if a lot of people maybe in Michigan might realize, he, he threw for a school record 557 yards against Memphis in a game he did not start a couple years ago. He came in, Keel was hurt. So he's got the ability, um, if you give him time, he can pick you apart sometimes, but he he has to improve on his accuracy. Last week, he was three touchdowns, no interceptions. But coming into the year, he was 20 TDs and 18 interceptions career. So decision-making sometimes has been an issue, but he didn't uh, – he looked – he's a cool – he's a real calm, cool, placid guy back there. He doesn't get rattled easily. So he's, he's seen um, some pass rushes, and I'm sure, he'll, obviously, he'll get a big one this week. Their offensive line, quite frankly, is considered probably, I don't want to say weak link, but it's the most with something to prove, let's say. They have a good left tackle, Corey Cunningham, but they have some guys who haven't haven't played a lot, and I think that's going to be a real issue for them this week, trying to keep more from running for his life back there. Well, over on that defensive side, on the defensive line, you have a, a versatile junior in uh, Marquise Copeland who wasn't a starter last year but logged a lot of minutes, a junior defensive end, Kamoni uh, Fitz. Their top defensive player back is is a defensive tackle, Cortez Broughton. He was second team all AAC last year, and he's the only guy back who earned any kind of all-league recognition. He's a disruptor. Their issue last year and for a couple of years has been a lack of a pass rush. An interesting situation where they weren't always attacking the quarterback. I wrote a story earlier in the summer about Freeman, Marcus Freeman, who you mentioned, he plans to be more in the attack mode this year. And people said, well, isn't every defense in the attack (laughs) mode? But I asked one of their defensive ends, Mark Wilson, he said, no, we really weren't. He said, we were told to just basically box the quarterback, contain him, don't let him. But but the pass, we didn't necessarily rush him full go all the time. So that was an interesting comment, I thought, from a player who had been there. But they're hoping to get more as I say, more pressure this year. Blitzing, they'll pick their spots, you know, that kind of thing. I think they had one sack last week. And it's not all about sacks, but um, it's more pressures. They they have to get it this year or else they're going to they'll have another year like they did last year. Well, we always get a big fan turnout, tickets or not, when the uh, that other school from Ohio comes up to the big house. So given it's the first meeting between these two schools, 
Do you sense excitement from the Bearcat fan base for the opportunity to travel to Ann Arbor and watch them play in the big house? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that you're going to have that for obvious reasons. It's uh, Michigan. It's a monster program. It's the big house, the whole bit. But a game like this, of this magnitude for Cincinnati, this doesn't happen too often. They played up at Ohio State three years ago. It's rare when they play one of these superpowers. So, so yeah, there's going to be a buzz all week about this game down here. Well, the final question for you, Tom, did Cincinnati come out of the opener with uh, any injuries that will impact them for this Saturday? I don't think so. I don't think they had too much in the major. They had a couple guys go off with uh, different things, but we, uh, we didn't get any re- reports of any serious injuries that might keep somebody out. Check with them again here today. But no, I, I didn't see anything anything major, uh, to be honest with you, that, that might keep somebody out. Well, big first-time uh, meeting between these two schools, Cincinnati and uh, Michigan. Of course, it's opening day at the Big House and a noon kickoff, which a lot of fans are really happy about. The media, uh, <laughs> they're always happy about that. The earlier, the better with deadlines. Yeah, amen to that. And uh, last year, I think we had one noon kick. Everything was 3.30. It's a little bit different this year. So I got a quick story, Michigan Stadium story for you. I've been there once. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this. 20 years ago, the... Uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. Back then, uh, we covered that game now and then, the Enquirer. It was the Charles Woodson-Heisman game. I'm sure people remember that well. But I remember coming in, uh, got there early, so we were walking around the area of the stadium. And uh, it had snowed a little bit, so there was some snow on the ground the night before. And here comes an Ohio State fan, I'll never forget this, wearing his number 45, which would have been a Katzenmoyer jersey at mm-hmm. the time. And he's walking with a couple buddies down the street toward the stadium. And all of a sudden, here comes, I mean, must have been 20 or 30 snowballs. Boom, 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 boom. Throwing them at the guy. They were, they obviously were synchronized. It was really fun. Guy was running for cover. So I don't think, obviously, Cincinnati inspires that same kind of passion. Obviously, no way. But um, I, I enjoyed that. I've told that story a few times. Well, we won't have to worry about that this Saturday when the man says... uh, I hope not. No, low to mid-70s, sunshine, no rain, nice day for the opener. So that's good for the first ever meeting uh, between these two schools. Luke Fickle's return to the big house in a completely different role. We shall see. Our guest here in our visitors segment this week has been Cincinnati Bearcat beat writer Tom Gresham from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Tom, thanks for your time. It's been great having you on the show, and enjoy your Saturday in the big house. Mike, I really appreciate it, and hopefully look forward to seeing you there. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for this visitor's edition of The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, nothing new on the injury front. We should be at full strength on Saturday. Here are some game day notes. As you've heard me say, this is the first ever meeting between Michigan and Cincinnati. Luke Fickle is in his first year as head coach. He served one year at Ohio State as interim coach after Jim Trestle got booted and compiled a 6-7 and seven record. Last year, Cincinnati was 4-8, and 1-7 and seven in the AAC. They returned five starters on both defense and offense. 
Their last bowl appearance was in 2015 at the Hawaii Bowl, where they lost to San Diego State 42-7. They started the season on a shaky note, but with a victory last week over FCS Austin P 26-14. The weatherman says it should be a beautiful day for the opener. Sunny skies with temps in the mid to upper 60s, maybe even getting close to 70, 10% chance of rain. So a great day for tailgating and enjoying time with friends and family before the game. Kickoff is scheduled just after 12 noon. Don't forget our free show app is now available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. It's going to be an exciting season, so make sure you download the app and join us on Tuesday and Thursdays for the latest news on your Wolverines and our opponents. On Tuesday's game day show, we are scheduled to have the brand new beat writer at M Live, Aaron McMahon, join us with his thoughts on the Cincy game, a preview of Air Force, and much more. Aaron took over for Nick Baumgartner, who I'm sure you are well aware is now the beat writer at the Detroit Free Press. So we look forward to having Aaron on the show for the first time. Then on Thursday's Visitors Edition, we will hear from the longtime radio voice of Air Force football, Jim Arthur. So make sure you tune us in next week. That will do it for this week's Visitors Edition. Whether you're at the Big House, watching on TV, or tuned into the Michigan Football Network on radio, enjoy the home opener. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until next time, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!